Welcome to the River Bluff Church Sermon Podcast. For more information about us, please visit riverbluff.org. With uh, our dear brother who's going to come and share in just a moment, Brian Miller. Catherine, we're glad you're here today and your kids are with you. We're just so excited to have your family. Brian, Brian shared in the first service, we'll be in the second service. Um, some of you know that we've had a team go to Medellin, Colombia to serve there. Brian will talk more about that. But I also want to just remind you that one of the ministries and ways that we've been able to support the work that the Millers do uh, in Colombia, in Medellin, in supporting Esther's home, um, and he'll tell you more about that as well, is through um, what we call Baby Bean Coffees. Uh, it's a ministry in our church. We're a distribution hub for them, very honored to, uh, to get to do that. And so folks from our church help package coffee. Um, uh, Derek Hicks actually helps roast the coffee and get it packaged and get it up here. And then there are folks who work to distribute coffee. So here's something great, just to, if you want to think about it. You can have an incredible cup of Colombian coffee and support kingdom work at the same time because uh, every penny of the proceeds from the sale of Baby Beans Coffee go to support Esther's home, the work that God is doing there that Brian's going to tell us a little more about. And so uh, I, I want to encourage you to think about being a part of that, that ministry, if in no other way to say, I'm going to buy the coffee, um, if you're a coffee drinker. It's great taste in coffee. Um, let me pray for Brian as he comes up. Father, I pray for my brother. I pray your hand would be on him as I know it is. I, I know he wants to be hidden behind the cross of Christ right now. And as he opens your word to our hearts and minds, I pray your blessing on him and his family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Muchas gracias. Buenos dias. Ah, muy bien. Habla español? See, okay, everyone that said, see, y'all should go to Colombia. And if you didn't, and if you understood, see, you should go to Colombia. Mi casa es su casa. Uh, I am so thankful to be here with you guys. You know, from the very first time that we met, it was all during COVID season. It was all telephone calls and virtual calls. And your church staff and leadership was like, yes, we are excited about helping these girls in crisis pregnancies and I mean, they've been extremely, extremely, you guys have been extremely helpful with the Baby Beans Coffee and just helping us. And that, is, that Baby Beans Coffee is, is great coffee, but the biggest thing is it's uh, supporting half of our ministry. And so um, for every two bags, it helps the girls stay in the house for one day. So um, please keep praying and drinking more coffee. Um, I have a picture of my family and I. And um, yeah, I, I look at this picture, and I think, how did I get to there? And there's all the Lord I grew up in a Christian home. And I'm going to talk a little bit about where I come from, and we're going to talk about the ministry, and then we're going to have a sermon after that. But um, I was just like you, whether it's a young child sitting in a pew or a 21-year-old sitting in a pew. I was sitting in pews, heard the gospel. I went to youth group. I was super active in church. I loved hearing missionaries come and talk about their experiences, and um, at 21, I joined the Air National Guard with the Air Force, and I did a thing called guard bumming, which meant every flight that the planes went on, I signed up, and I went with them to 46 countries. Um, I loved it. I loved the work. It was life-changing, but also at 21, 
my church's going to go to a short-term mission trip. I'm like, yeah, it's going to a short-term mission trip. That'll be fun, you know. And so I go to Dominican Republic, just totally kind of fell in love with the Latin community. Uh, it's extremely hot in the Dominican Republic. I don't know if you've ever been there. But it was, uh, God did like a certain touch on my heart for the South American countries. And then at 21, I was leading this small... Uh, singles Bible study group, you know, let's all go to Colombia. This would be easy. So we took the singles Bible study group. We went to Colombia, which is this beautiful city in the background. It is a beautiful country. Colombia is beautiful. You know, the only thing we get on the news is the bad things. You know, the only thing, if, we, if anybody listens to the news in America, it's like it's falling apart, you know. You only hear the bad things, especially when you hear about South American countries. But it's a beautiful country. A lot of great things happening. Um, I loved what's going on there. When I went there, though, we were reaching out to homeless children. At that time, there was 4,000 kids living, in, living on the streets homeless. And I was like, well, if I can fix airplanes, I can fix these children. And I started preparing myself to be a full-time missionary in Colombia. And so I went for my master's in missions. Towards the end of that, I married my wife. We've been married now 20 years. And she's with my oldest one, 13-year-old. And then we got a nine-year-old, no, sorry, 11-year-old and an almost nine-year-old who would turn nine this coming month. And so, um, but through this, we have planted a couple of churches, we planted three churches to the homeless, not the homeless, but to the refugee communities. And then we're like, well, we feel a call to reach out to the middle upper class. And so we, this is our last church plan we're doing right now. And we started reaching out to the people. And the idea is you receive the love of Christ Christ comes into your heart and just transforms your mind, body, and soul, right? It just gives you a whole new perspective on life. And now the love of Christ is in you. How do you express your love to the community through your God-given talents? So if you're a civil engineer, why don't you go to school and teach math in the local school system? If you uh, know Spanish, why don't you go teach, help teach Spanish, like assist Spanish in the local school system? Um, if you can cook really well, won't you come and help this one foundation cook? And just like we started connecting people in the ministry, and we started going out once a month feeding the homeless. And a young girl comes to me, pregnant, and says, hey, gringo, take me home. And I'm like, I can't take you home, but I'm sure a bunch of Americans would like to take you home. And so we started praying and doing fundraising. For two years, we did fundraising, and God provided us a home, and we started um, rescuing homeless mothers. So you have like these young mothers on the streets. So the mothers that we rescue is a little different from the states in some ways. The, the mothers are normally living on the streets. Like they'll try to sell candy all day. If they don't make enough money for, for selling candy, they'll be sleeping underneath a bridge. Or they will go out and sell other things that they don't want to sell to be able to have a room for that night. The rooms they have for the night is normally like a four-bedroom home with 16 to 18 people from all really bad backgrounds, and, and they're all crushing this one little home. Um, a lot of them, the girls we rescue, is they just got pregnant, and their parents have kicked them out of the house. It's like, how dare you get pregnant? And they're standing in an abortion clinic wanting to abort their baby, and we have a team there saying, well, there's other options. Of the 55 mothers that we've rescued up to date, over 60% of them were standing in that line. So it's exciting to me, like every time a baby's born, it's like that baby wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for a mission. It's really life changing. So we're, we're thankful to be able to rescue all these mothers. And this is like one of our dedication ceremonies of our babies. But 
the mothers, all different backgrounds, all different histories. And you guys saw the need and you sold coffee. And then you said, well, we want to do more than that. Let's go on a short-term team. So you guys sent a team down to us last year. And they, we, had, we needed to make a nursery. So some people like took cameras and destroyed our walls. And then some people mixed concrete to go plaster the walls and make them look really pretty. And then a team come after you guys and they painted the walls, make it look real pretty. And we got this little sign right here. And for all you guys, it could be and see. Except all you guys, it said C. Uh, it says Jardín Infantil, which means nursery more or less. It says, and we're agradecido a Iglesia River Bluff, South Carolina. We're grateful to River Bluff Church in South Carolina. So we are grateful. Um, so, and that actually is a reminder for us of God's provision and goodness in our lives. But it's also a reminder for the mothers. Like each room has a agradecido to someone or some ministry. And it reminds the mothers every day that there's people that's praying for them and thinking about them is going to help them get to their next level in the Lord. And you like, when you see this young girl here holding her baby, it's like, it's impossible you could say no to not wanting to come down to Columbia and help them. So we are praying that you guys would send a team down to Columbia and help her mothers. A church in Baton Rouge said, what's your next big project? And I said, well, we got these young girls coming into home, and although we're giving them skilled trades to learn how to sew and learn everything there is to do about a beauty salon and learn how to manage money, and they've had inner healing and be able to learn how to forgive they need something else. And so we, we need like a home for these young girls. We can like help them emotionally develop and be able to get back out in society. So they'll go, we need a home. And he goes, well, we can help you with that. So they uh, bought this facility on this next slide. You see that was in September 2022 what the house looked like. And the picture to the right was actually this past Friday. We're just going to see a little quick video of what that home, what we've been doing since the last time I was here. truly believe this is his house. We're in his house. We're so thankful for the home he's given us. Like we got a beautiful beds that God's provided for the mothers. We have a beautiful living room. Our, our kids are, some of them are a little bit behind because their mothers were consuming drugs up to eight, eight and a half months of pregnancy. Like when we received them, they were, most of them were receiving, consuming drugs. So we 
doing a lot of work with the, the, the kids on their fine motor skills, being able to teach them, um, try to connect those brain cells. And, and we're just blessed that over and over again, like of all the stories, you know, to have like, we just had a girl graduate from nursing school, to be able to take care of her child while she can go work during the day and then come back and so her child is healthy and strong and we're helping them to grow in the Lord. Like, we don't believe we're just rescuing the mothers, we're rescuing the babies and we believe that the babies will be the future pastors and doctors and leaders of the society. So we're super excited. The home, we're doing a big campaign right now. We're traveling all throughout the United States. And when I say all throughout the United States, uh, I got three kids. You've seen the picture. We went from West Virginia all the way down to Pensacola, and we come up to here. And then I still got to go to Michigan and West Virginia at six weeks. So it's a lot of travel. So when you think about us from here to November 14th, be praying for travel mercies. Um, but we're trying to raise money to finish out the home. We got the constructions there, workers on site. There are four mothers living in the home at the moment, the, the second home. And so we want to build six more rooms on this third floor. And then there's this large room in the back. It'll be a multi-purpose room. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, there'll be a soup kitchen for the homeless uh, people that are like the refugee Venezuelans are coming in. And, and the people who are homeless on the streets will have a soup kitchen for them Tuesdays and Thursdays. Throughout the rest of the week, the kids will be out there riding their tricycles in the same room. And on Sunday morning, it will be a sanctuary. So yeah, if you want to learn more about that, in the coffee section in the back, there's these newsletters and brochures. And there's some amazing coffee waiting for you back there. So in a nutshell, that's what we're doing. I just want to invite you again. Please pray about coming on our short-term team to Medellin, Colombia. We have the, I have the awesome opportunity to share the gospel and to be able to preach today, and, and it really is um, a joy to preach on this gospel. And I have the message called the Lifestyle Prayer, and I believe like when we pray this, it changes our lifestyle. There was many authors, and Tertullian said, it's a summary of the gospel. J.I. Packer says, a key to the whole business of living Adding what it means to be a Christian is nowhere clearer than here. And that's some big statements. You know, the whole Bible, this is very clear what it is to be a Christian. Frederick says, we do, not, we do well not to pray the Lord's Prayer lightly. It takes guts to pray it at all. To speak those words is to invite the tiger out of the cage, to unleash a power that makes atomic power look like a warm breeze. When I was researching it, I just kept praying over and over again. I kept praying, God said, the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, why the Lord's Prayer? And when I started studying, I was like, wow, this is really deep. We could talk a couple months on the Lord's Prayer, but I'm only going to talk 15 minutes. But y'all should keep on studying the Lord's Prayer after this because it's, it really is a, a gigantic message for us all. So let us pray. And if you feel comfortable, you can pray it out loud with me. And the verse is right here. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For that is a kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Lord, I just pray that 
These would not be my words, but it would be your words. I pray that you would teach us today and help us to understand your heart. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. You know, my first question I have for you, uh, are the words I or me in this prayer that we just read? And, uh, and I'll be honest, I mean, I remember like, being in a Sunday school class as a kid, it was like, how fast can you say the Lord's Prayer? You remember those competitions that you're trying to see how fast you can say, and you don't really think what you're doing, you just say, you're done, you know. But really, it's not about me, the whole prayer. Actually, the words I or me is not in it. There is no I or me. Instead, Jesus invites us to pray with the corporate pronouns, us, we, and our. He's getting us to stop thinking about ourselves, but thinking about us. He's asking us as a family to pray for the needs of everybody, as well as yourself. It's helping us to get out of the me syndrome. Anybody ever think about me, me, me? I know our, my young kids, right? I mean, like babies. It's like, meh, I'm thirsty. Meh, I got a dirty diaper. It's all about them, right? There's a point in our Christian walk where it's not about me. It's about us and how and Christ is inviting the people to pray, to, to really think about the prayer. Love one another as you love yourself. And then it goes on. It says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven. And Father is so, it's, you know, when most of the times when Christ prays to his Father, he refers to him as Father. And, and in Romans 8, 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Like you have the identity in the Lord. Like you are a child of God. If you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart and asked him for forgiveness of your sins, you are a child of God. Like you're no longer yours. Like this is my baby, you know. And I, I had the blessing to be able to adopt a child. And we have adopted him. And the child has my last name. And the child has all of, he'll have all the inheritance. Imagine the inheritance as a missionary, you know what I'm saying? But, but. But he'll have everything, and as a child, I love him equally as all the other children. And as a child, I want him to have, I want him to excel in life. How much more does our Father in heaven, that has adopted us, desire the goodness of our lives? How much more does our Father in heaven, we can reach out to him and be feel his support through the stages of life? Sometimes we've had imperfect fathers, and we and we think, oh, this Father in heaven, you know, I go to him, he's going to slap me he's going to beat me he's going to tell me how bad i was he's not going to encourage me but see our father in heaven is very different he will pity us under our weakness and infirmities it says in psalms 103 he will spare us he will take the best of our performances although very defective and will deny us nothing that is good for us when we cry when we come repenting of our sins we must see him like the prodigal son, right? The prodigal son comes to the father, and what does the father do? And the, the, what does he do? The father comes, hugs him, puts a cloak on him, gives him his identity, who he was, puts his ring on. He gives, he restores him, and that's what our father in heaven. So, whatever we're going through, some people, I just get so upset when people have like major problems. What's the first thing they do? I'm not going to go to church. I'm just embarrassed. Well, we're broken people coming to a perfect God. 
No one's ever supposed to be perfect. We're trying, right? We're in a work of perfection. And we should be going to the Father in heaven. That's the, really our resource. Most of us are like, well, I'll just stay home. This will work itself out. No, we need to be looking towards our Father in heaven to come to him. And he's not going to be here like, bad boy. He's going to come here, come, and I will help you. We had a young girl in our home, and she was, um, she didn't know her father. And she always wanted to have a father. I was like, it'd be so great to have a father. All these girls have fathers. Why not me? And then one day, she got a boyfriend. The mother, sorry, the mother got a boyfriend. And then the mother, the boyfriend moved in the house, which they shouldn't have done. But then they're in the house, and then the mother starts, and she's so excited. I finally have a father figure in my house. I finally have this father figure. It's so great. And then all of a sudden, the mother would go off to work, and then the father would start flirting with the young daughter. And so what she do, she ran away, and she started working the streets to survive. And then she gets pregnant and comes to us. When she comes to us, we're like, the Father in heaven loves you. Father, I don't like men. Men are bad. Fathers, no way. All the fatherly figures I know have abandoned me or treated me bad. No, but this father is different. This father will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you in the good and the bad. This is the father that wants to encourage you and lift you up. This is the father that restores you. When she realized that, she's totally in love with the Lord. She's totally like, you know, I don't need men in my life. I'm totally... Trust in the Lord. I have this fatherly figure, and this father is helping me, encouraging me. This father restores me. This father's with me all the time. Is God your father? It don't matter the age. We all need a father. We need our heavenly father. Pray then like this, our father in heaven, and it seems so distant, right? Heaven, how could, it be, how could we be touching heaven? But we can reach out and talk to him one-on-one right now just pray and talk to him and i think many times it's like when we realize we're talking to a heavenly we're not just talking to johnny bob in the cubicle next to me Uh, we're not talking to a normal person we're talking to the father that's sitting in heaven and through his holy spirit is right here among us it's a whole different person we're talking to and when we talk to him it's hallowed be thy name I mean, it's like, hey, you're the Lord and King. Hallowed be thy name. You're the Lord and King. I am talking to the person that's in charge of my life. And I will, you are the King of my life. It's wholehearted worship to walk before God generally, continually, and with undivided hearts. And I think it's important when we say, hallowed be thy name. It's like, what I'm doing here in church and what I'm saying here in church is just like what I'm doing in my house, just what I'm doing in my work, just what I'm doing in my community. Because God is my king. I don't let the social world depict how I should live. You know, I was telling your pastor, uh, Joe, that I was in Marshall University. I was studying. I was doing great. I was in the top of the class in the counseling program. And they told me, they said, would you be willing to give up your values and beliefs to help someone find peace in their heart. He said, you asked me to give up my values and belief in Christ. And he said, yes. Would you be willing to do that to help someone? I was like, no. Because my king and my savior is the Lord, is not Marshall University. Is he really your king and savior in every atmosphere of your life? Do you say, Lord, 
let your plans, your way, your everything is best for me. Although it seems weird, seems weird to tell the, the university no and no, I'm going to get kicked out of the counseling program for not being accepted to their program. But it's not, this is what I want you to do, Lord. It's not, this is how I see it, Lord. It's just being totally trusting in you. You know, and, it's, and I think there's two types of Christians that I have the, and I don't know if you say two types of Christians, two types of people. And I, have, I have two girls here that kind of gives us illustration of the hallowed be thy name. And, and both girls come from abusive backgrounds. Both girls had abusive boyfriends. Both girls were drug consumers. And both girls actually helped to sell drugs. One girl said, yeah, Jesus, yeah, I, I think he's good. Yeah, he's good for me. And so, uh, you know, I will do a little bit of things with Jesus. But then you still have these worldly desires. I don't really, you know, I'm kind of half and half. I'm on the fence, you know. But when you're around, the pastor's around, yes, praise the Lord. And when you're not around, hey, we want to go to this party? Another girl that from the, eight, from the time she was 12 years old was consuming drugs in her living room with her parents, they lived on the streets for 11 years. The streets were so hard on her, they had, we had to pull 23 of her teeth out. She said, I'm giving my all and all to the Lord. I give my all to him. Although I have a tremendous desire for drugs, I give my all to him. The guy I've been with for the next last 10 years, I'm abandoning him. He's no longer a part of my life. He pray, she prays for him every day that he would come to know Christ as his Lord and Savior. Two weeks ago, she was walking the streets selling merchandise to help a foundation. And she was evangelizing on, in the neighborhood. Two different lives. The other girl that's on the fence, halfway there and halfway there, she's every month changing a job. Every, she goes from one problem to another problem. And I'm just like, hey, just hallowed be thy name. Just give your whole self to the Lord and you see your life totally changes. Like how many dead-end relationships or dead-end businesses or whatever could have been avoided we just said, Lord, hallowed be your name. Whatever you want, Lord, is not what I want. I don't know if you... And I think hallowed be your name is the Lord and king over my mind, heart, and soul. Love the Lord God with all thy heart, mind, and soul. And then it says, the next part says, in your kingdom come. We're asking for the kingdom of God to come into the lives. We're asking souls to be saved. We're asking for his kingdom, his precepts, his direction to be Moving at, when I think of kingdoms, right, you think of Lord of the Rings, you know, but you think of kingdoms of like dictators and, and governments. We're asking the government of God, the kingdom of God, the presence of God oversee everything that we do. We're asking him to come into our presence. We're asking, Dr. Whitney says, let thy kingdom come. Let the gospel be preached to all and embraced by all. Let all be brought to subscribe to their record God has given in his word concerning his son, and to embrace him as their savior and, and sovereign. Let the bounds of the gospel church be enlarged, the kingdom of the world be made Christ's kingdom, and all men become subjects to it and live as becomes their character. When I think about kingdom come, there's a picture here of two circles. There's the kingdom of this world, and there's the kingdom of God. And in some weird way, we're all here, and we're worshiping the Lord, and God's presence is just, old. I don't want to say weird, but it's not, it sounds bad. We're all worshiping the Lord, the presence of God's touching us and teaching us, and we leave on fire for the Lord, and then we go into the kingdom of this world. We go into the whole 
all the governmental problems we have. We go into all the, uh, you know, got to buy more. You need a bigger car, smaller car, faster car, slower car, older car. You need something bigger, better, faster, whatever, you know. All the temptations of the world. But we go in and know I'm living for the kingdom. I'm focused on the kingdom. The other day, a lady calls me and she says, I'm buying, I want to buy 70 bags of coffee to give to my staff for Christmas. I was like, great. Hey, thank you very much for your for making that purchase by all that coffee. She says, it's not mine. It's all his. She realized that her kingdom was all everything she had was his. It's a whole different mindset to live for the kingdom of God, to have a kingdom mindset, to pray for each other, asking God to come in and transform lives. It says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a big call to say your will be done on earth as in heaven. We're asking heaven to come in and be here on earth. Like we're praying heaven's perfect, no, no pain, no sickness. We're praying, we're praying, we're praying God to come down from heaven and touch us here on earth. That's a big, gigantic prayer. And, and, it's, and the thing about asking God's will to be done, we think about 1 Samuel 3.18. Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. That's a very different lifestyle. I'm just going to see what the Lord wants to do. I'm just going to totally relax and rest in him. How important it would be to, to really totally trust and ask the Lord to be in total, total, there's Spanish, be in full charge of our life. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth is in heaven. And then it goes on and says, give us this day our daily bread. And I, I love this part because it, like, it connects with Israel every day waiting for their bread to come from heaven. And just totally trust and rely on him. There's something very different like to make a recognition every day that my strength, my health, my knowledge, my relationships, my friendships, my job, they all come from God. And they provide my daily bread. I used to work on airplanes, and I got a nice big fat check. I loved it. Now I'm in the overseas working with children in Colombia. In the same way I was working on airplanes, getting a check from, from the government, and then working in Colombia, God is still my provider. There's no difference. It's a different, there's no difference between being a missionary and being provided by God than it is for you guys who are working in your office is being provided by God. It's about recognizing who is in charge and who is enabling it? Give us our day, our daily bread. Matthew Henry says, and it's old English, so bear with me. We ask for bread that teaches us sobriety and temperance. We ask for bread, not dainties, not superfluities, that which is wholesome, though it not be nice. Not though it be not nice. We ask for bread that teaches us honesty and industry. We do not ask for the bread out of other people's mouths, not the bread of deceit, not the bread of idleness, but the bread of honestly gotten. We ask for our daily bread, which teaches us not to take thought for tomorrow, but constantly to depend upon the divine providence as those that live from the hand of the mouth. You know, we don't really like the whole word COVID, right? But one thing happened in COVID we realized that God is in control. We didn't know how God was going to provide for some of us, and God still provided. 
gave us a brief moment as Americans, like, well, what's going to happen? But God gave us the ability, and we recognize that he's in total charge, complete charge of our lives. And then I just want to, we're going to look at this one part. It says, we pray, give it to us, not to me only, but to others in common with me. We're asking God, when we say, give us our daily bread, right? We're praying for us. We're praying for our community, like the lady shared about the ministry she has. Like, how can I be praying that God will provide for them and be able to reach out to them? We had a young man come down to Columbia, and he saw our water issue. And it was a picture of water. And he's like, do you know, I got a whole water system in Pennsylvania, and I have a dairy farm. I'm sure my water system can take away all this dirt. And so he come back two months later and installs a water system. Sometimes our prayers, when we start praying for others, we really start looking beyond our noses and ourselves and helping others. And, they, and the prayer is about our daily bread. Do not worry for tomorrow because the day has its own trials and tribulations. Guys, I encourage us in your prayer to pray about the day, to pray about the daily, to only focus on the day. And then you have forgive us our debts as we as also have forgiven our debtors. And I think it's super important that we realize that the debts there could also be trespasses. And if you look at Tyndall, Tyndall says, trespasses in the parallel in Luke 4 reads sins. And the assumption is that sin is like a debt that is owed to God and is beyond our capacity to repay. He's saying, forgive us our debts and we forgive others. In scripture, when he talks about people owing debts, he says, if someone owes you something, just let it go. If someone has hurt you, just let it go. Forgive them. Release it. Give it over to the Lord. We had a young girl, and this is a picture of her and her husband with this girl. Before this picture, she came from Venezuela. She went to her boyfriend. Her boyfriend was a, a cocaine addict and a casino addict. And when she gets pregnant, he's, you can't have your baby. She says, yes, I can. I'm leaving. And she runs away. She comes to our foundation. And then while she's in our foundation, we connect her husband or her boyfriend to another foundation. He got off the drugs. But there was still a lot of animosity. Like, I don't even want to see his face. I don't even want to hear his name. But I know that I'm supposed to forgive. But I don't really want to because he's hurt me so bad. I'm going to go just because I have to. So she would go to the other foundation and visit him. And, you know, God forgave me, so I forgive you. And that touched his life. He's like, oh, she forgave me? That's unbelievable. God, God is really forgiving. So because she forgave me, I'm going to forgive you. Next thing you know, they start forgiving each other, and they start going through a healing process. And next thing you know, what, four months ago, we were marrying them both in the church. And now she's the director of our second home. She was a school teacher in Venezuela. But the power of forgiveness, the power to forgive no matter the pains and the agony. And many of us are still here today holding stuff that's from years that hurt us years ago that we just need to let go. And whatever that person's name is on your heart right now, just let it go. Lord, I forgive this person and I hand them over to you. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. The idea is he's already disarmed the powers and authorities and made 
a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We've already been freed. We just need to be walking that freedom every day and be living in his triumphant power every day. I want to ask you guys to stand. If you stand, we're going to pray. And I want to encourage you guys to pray and ask God to really make this a style of life, to be quick to forgive, quick to, to live in his kingdom, to be quick to listen to his word, to make sure you're walking in his kingdom. Lord, we just ask our Father in heaven, and Lord, we come to you as a Father of love and grace, a Father that wants the best for our lives. And we just ask that you wrap your arms around us as a Father. And Lord, you are a king, because hallowed be your name. And, and we totally trust and rely upon your authority. And we pray that your authority be in our lives and in the community around us. And we ask your kingdom come. We ask that your godly, heavenly kingdom would come down from heaven to earth. That you would transform our society to be more Christ-like. We ask that you give us this day our daily bread. We just thank you, Lord, for all that you provided for us. You've provided beyond measure. We thank you. You've provided for all of our needs. We just ask you, Lord, to give us the ability to forgive us of our debts as we forgive others. Give us the ability to forgive others. We forgive our fathers, our mothers, our aunts, our uncles, our school teachers. Whoever might have offended us, we forgive them, Lord. And we just hand them over to you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, Lord. We pray, the scripture says, you always give us a way out. And Lord, we pray that we will put barriers up in our life to prevent temptations. We pray that what is done in the dark, we can declare in the light that we have no thing to be hidden. There's no temptations that's grabbed us, but we totally trust and rely on you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the ministry in Columbia. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Joe and his team. Just pray abundant blessings on them. And just give much wisdom and discernment to this whole church community to be able to impact your community and beyond. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And we come together right now and we worship you through our praise and worship. Amen.